With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Log Talk Radio. Boneset is an herb sometimes referred to as thoroughwort. In magical purposes, is often used for protection from curses or hexes, or just general protection in general. Tonight, Susan Weed will be discussing the healing qualities of thoroughwort or boneset, this northern uh, Native American northern plant. North America is what I mean. Join us in just a few minutes for Green Magic. Green Medicine with your host, Miss Susan Weed. We'll be right back. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe 
Radio Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Green Magic, Green Medicine with your hostess, Ms. Susan Weed, and myself sort of shimmying around in the background, <laughs> occasionally talking and introducing. I'm Daniel Michael, the founder and co-creator of the Main Street Universe Radio Network, and tonight's Herb is bone set, sometimes called thoroughwort. We were talking just a bit in the intro that it's in magical purposes used for protections against curses and hexes and other things. And I'm sure Susan will talk about all sorts of other medicinal things it can be used for. I see she's in the queue, and I'm going to go ahead and bring her on, and I'll beat her to it. Green blessings, Susan Weed. <laughs> and green blessings to you. How's your week been? It's been good. I feel better this week. Better spirits this week. I, I'm happy. I've got some things on the horizon that I'm working on, and I'm I'm feeling good and strong and ready to go. <laughs> that was fascinating that you were about to tell us about bone set for magical uses. Go on. Well, the ones I had heard about, and it's oftentimes in herbalism and herb that's not talked about all that often. I don't think we carry it in our apothecary at the store, by the way. And... Um, it's often used for warding off protections from uh, jinxes and curses. Some people put it in mojo bags with angelica root and a few other things. Um, uh, it has a seems to be a protective quality, and since you're talking about it as a healing herb, I think that's interesting that it's also as a magical use of other sorts of metaphysical or magical protective qualities and as i said mainly um to ward off curses hexes and and jinxes and even maybe for cleansing and any other sorts of sort of venomous things that can maybe happen in 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 the in the magical world should you be in the place to have enemies there i imagine <laughs> the more you talk about it the stronger it comes into my mind that bone set might be useful against tick-borne diseases, Ooh, which are the good. demons of our day, aren't they? Yes, and there's other plants people used that get to be possessed of... by devils. Now we're possessed by tick-borne diseases. Wow! So I, it, that's really like making me go, "Whoa, interesting." Bone set is eupatorium perfoliatum. Folia, like foliage, is leaves. Perfolia means to go through the leaf. I was talking with the apprentices today about stalks and leaf stalks, which technically are called petioles. So the plant has a stalk. And from that stalk come leaves, and each leaf has a little stalk that attaches it to the stalk, that little petiole. Except for bone set and a couple of other plants which don't have petioles at all. As a matter of fact, the bone set leaves, which are opposite, grow as one leaf from one side of the plant to another with the stalk going through the leaf per foliatum. So if you would imagine a diamond shape and have the longer part of the diamond right to left and then start pulling it out, 
when you get your hands about a foot apart, that would be a bone set leaf. It's that diamond shape, but pulled out with the stalk going right through the middle of that diamond. It's an absolutely unmistakable plant and aptly named Eupatorium perfoliatum. It has several sister plants that are quite common. Eupatorium purpureum, which is queen of the meadow or jopi weed. And Eupatorium rugosum, which used to be known as Eupatorium urtica folia, leaves like a nettle. So three Eupatoriums, quite common in the area. The queen of the meadow, the Eupatorium purpurea, and the bone set, the Eupatorium perfoliatum, are quite visible when you're driving down the road. You're going to find them in wet places, not quite as wet as cattail or phragmites reed, but kind of wet like where you'd find the elder, where there's water there, even if the plant isn't directly in the water. It's really cozied up to it. And boneset will also grow in areas that do occasionally flood. It can stand up to be in some water for a little while. Boneset usually flowers out at a generous two feet. So as I said, it's quite visible as you're driving down the road. And it's covered in masses of fluffy white ray flowers. If you could imagine a dandelion-like seed head, but times a hundred and white, and the rays much shorter. That is bone set. So hundreds and hundreds of little dandelion-like flowers with short little rays sticking out all over them. Just gorgeous. Really magnificent plant. And then the queen of the meadow is queen of the meadow because it flowers out at five to seven feet tall. It's a huge plant. And it has thousands of these flowers, but they're not yellow and they're not white. They're kind of a purpley, pinky color. So again, when you are driving down the road, and especially if there's roadside ditches, because this is just the place that boneset and jopai weed like to grow. They like to grow right along those roadside ditches, especially if the ditch doesn't always have water in it. If it just occasionally gets flooded, perfect situation for them. And as they're big, they are easily seen. Jopai weed, the big tall queen of the meadow, is called Jopai or Jopi weed after an Indian doctor named Jopi. And Jopi used the root of Jopi root, Jopai weed, queen of the meadow, to help his people deal with the many fevers, measles, mumps, chickenpox, smallpox that were brought into the night, into North America, sometimes purposely and most often incidentally. The You mentioned that bone set is not available in your apothecary, and neither is Queen of the Meadow, although both of these were probably used more often than Echinacea or garlic 250 to 300 years ago. Mm-hmm. They were considered the top-ranking anti-infective herbs. Why? 
Is bone set not in your apothecary? Why is Queen of the Meadow not there? Because they are bitter with a capital B. And modern tastes do not like bitter. How much whorehound do you sell? Um, I thought we had it in some form. I'm not sure if we still do, to be honest. Cost drops with sugar. I think it might not be there anymore. I think it was at exactly. one time. Yeah, when I started studying herbal medicine in the 60s, whorehound was a big herb. It was used all the time for coughs and colds, and gradually it has just disappeared until it just hangs on as whorehound cough drops. Yep. Again, because it's bitter. It's a really bitter, bitter mint, and we don't like those bitter flavors so much anymore. Maybe we don't need them so much. Maybe our tastes have been changed or perverted. I don't really know. But I know that the really bitter herbs are not very much in favor now. I got interested in bone set when somebody told me that it was called bone set because the flu is known as break bone fever. Okay. And bone set stops that bone ache that you get from the flu. Oh, almost like the chill feeling or something like that. Well, that achy bone thing that we get with the flu, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. Like the ache you'd have if you had a broken bone. So people, I thought maybe bone set was kind of like comfrey, that it set bones. But they said, no, it eases the pain of bones. Until I started using Hypericum, St. Joan's Wort tincture, to relieve muscle aches, what I used was bone set. But people like the taste of Hypericum tincture. It's that pretty red color. It tastes good. Whereas bone set tastes... Bitter. Bitter. You got it. Bitter, 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 bitter. It's a bitter herb. So, if people have a choice, they're going to take the Hypericum instead of the bone set. I found it quite effective. I, <laughs> one of the apprentices just tasted it, and she made a classic Darwinian disgust face. <laughs> right, corners of the mouth pulled sharply down. And corners of the eyebrows pulled sharply down. <laughs> Disgusting. Right? We can see why people don't use this plant anymore. It's <laughs> just like, can't you add a little honey to it or something? <laughs> uh, you know what? Honey makes bitter taste worse. And it's not like they're going in the bathroom and spitting and throwing up. Right? <laughs> but it doesn't taste good. And again, our palates are not geared for this level of plant bitterness. Oh, okay. I do keep it on hand. And I'm looking at this quart jar and... I can see that my cord jar has been used and that there's, I don't know, maybe 10% or 15% of it. I've tinctured the flowering tops of the plant and it's not a tincture that I generally give away. 
so, it must be that I had used it. Perhaps some of it has evaporated. That sometimes happens when the lid is not put on tightly enough. But it's a lid with a rubber gasket, so it should have kept it pretty well. I made this 10 years ago, uh, 2nd of September in 2006. These are fall-blooming plants. And, you know, I said that there was a third one, the Eupatorium rugosum, which used to be called Eupatorium urticafolia. And when you look at it, it really looks like nettle when it's just growing. It has a leaf just the same as shape as the nettle leaf, and they're opposite leaves, and the stem looks a little bit like nettle. But this is a plant with a sordid history. As a matter of fact, it's the star of a book called The Plant That Killed Abraham Lincoln's Mother. Eupatorium rugosum, called white snake root, contains a poison that kills you by disabling your nervous system. I don't have to ask you what it tastes like. I know you know. It's bitter. And people would never eat this plant. There would be no reason that people would ever, ever eat this plant. And most animals won't eat it either, but you get the occasional cow that will eat it. My goats don't eat it. And if you have only one cow and your one cow eats this plant, the cow gets rid of the poison by putting it in its milk. And then you drink the milk and you get poisoned. This is what happened to Abraham Lincoln's mother. They had a cow that ate white snake root, Eupatorium mucosum, and passed that poison into its milk. Abraham Lincoln's mom drank that milk and died. It took us a hundred years to figure this out. It's not obvious when you're getting poisoned from a plant which isn't killing the animal because the animal's getting rid of the poison into something that you're consuming. Very unobvious thing. Neither Boneset nor Joe Pieweed have any history of having killed people, however, but Again, livestock do not eat these plants. Let's see what Stephen Herod Booner has to say in his book, Herbal Antibiotics. I was thrilled to see Boneset in here, and he has it in his Chapter 7, First Line of Defense, Strengthening the Immune System. He notes that boneset is also called fever wart, ague wart, ague is the flu, sweating plant, and through wart. And that through wart is, of course, because the stalk goes up through the leaves. He notes that no one has called it ague weed, fever wart, or sweating plant since 1885. That's when those names were last in use. That's a fairly long time ago, we'd have to say. There are between 36 and 60 numbers of species in the Eupatoriums, and almost all of them are native to the Americas. Many of them are medicinal, but we're going to focus in on Eupatorium per foliatum. That's the immune action that we want, the others, they do other things. The aerial parts of the plant in flower or just before flowering, taken as a tea or a T 
tincture. And tea is one ounce of herb and one quart of boiling water steeped overnight, strained, and drunk throughout the day. And he calls this a cold infusion. And he says this is the best way to take it for mucous membranes and as a liver tonic. The fresh herb in flour is tinctured and a dropper full to two dropper fulls in hot water up to three times a day for acute viral or bacterial upper respiratory infections. You can take as much as 10 drops of tincture in hot water every half hour for up to three hours. You could take more, in fact. In conditions where the acute stage has passed, but there is continued chronic fatigue, take 10 drops of tincture in hot water at least four times a day. Side effects. The hot infusion in quantity has caused vomiting. In moderate doses, mild nausea sometimes occur. The cooler the tea, the less the nausea. I have never personally gotten nausea from using this, nor had anybody tell me that they had, but we don't use the tea. I exclusively use the tincture. Bone set may, and that's in italic, be contraindicated in pregnancy. There are no known interactions with drugs, but that doesn't mean much, just that we don't know much about them. Bone set, he notes, is a perennial. It likes full or partial sun in moist and wet conditions, edges of swamps along streams, wet meadows, basically any place mosquitoes like to breed. Now, that's an interesting way to put it, isn't it? It very much is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you ready? Bone set contains methyl glucoronoxalane, astragalin, that's in astragalus, eufoliatin, eufolitorin, eupatorin, euperfolin, euperfolitin, euperfolide, you cannabinolide. So all of these, and there's another one, Eupatoripurisin. So these are all named after the Eupatoriums, and they end with I-N. The ones that end with I-N means that they are alkaloids, and then there's also some Ides, and those are glycosides. And um, notice that it has some stuff related to hypericin. It has hypericide. It has polysaccharides. And I quote a bunch of other stuff, including sesquiterpene lactones, which have a whole lot of interesting actions in the body. My comment, not his. And he notes that because these are North American species, they're not used in India, they are not used in Chinese medicine, and oh, yes, yes, because they are indigenous to North America, they have been used by Native Americans for a long time, specifically for intermittent fevers and chills, pains in the bones, weakness and debility. The American eclectics used it for intermediate Fevers like malaria, typhoid, remittent fevers, general debility, coughs, epidemic, influenza, colds, catarrh, and pains accompanying these conditions. And it was, in fact, one of the primary remedies used by the eclectic physicians for over 
a century. As we said at the very beginning of this show, this herb was the equivalent of the way we view echinacea or garlic today. Very In long terms, words. I almost wanted to I'm ask sorry? you to repeat times really fast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm with you, though. And, you know, garlic and yeah, echinacea, common, you know, they say antibiotic. There's, there's other ones, too. But, yeah, those are the two I, common. I mean, like, you know in the store you probably sell as much echinacea as all the other herbs combined. Echinacea. And I actually kind of like if it's in uh, tincture form, uh, some other things, you know, but I I like the tinctures. They're also uh, sometimes a little cheaper. (laughs) Um, Oregano is one that I like, and a few others. But, uh, yeah, but, yeah, we sell a ton of echinacea. Garlic pills is another one, and and a few others. You know, the mushroom ones, too, the mushroom stuff. The mushrooms are really coming on strong. Well, bone set would have been up there as a top seller 150 years ago. Mm -hmm. Everybody would have been selling it. Everybody would have been taking it. There's not a huge amount of research on it because, as we said, this is an herb that kind of went into eclipse as our tastes change. But those sesquiterpene lactones that we just talked about had a very large range of actions. They are highly immunostimulatory and excellent against cancer. They also possess antiplasmoidal actions. The action is mild, but if boneset is added to a traditional anti-malarial, the effects are more than either plant alone. A homeopathic formulation of boneset significantly 60% inhibition of plasmoidal replication. So malaria is a plasmoidal disease. There are a few others. And once the malaria plasmoid gets into your blood, it intermittently reproduces and causes a fever. And bone set was, in addition to being used against colds, flus, and so on, the premier anti-malarial herb, once its growth in North America where there wasn't malaria, got together with the places where there was malaria. And apparently in the early days of um, white contact here, there was malaria in the southern areas, although we don't think of those places now as places where we would get malaria. Clinical trials have shown that bone set stimulates Phagocytosis better than echinacea is analgesic at least as effective as aspirin and strongly reduces cold and flu symptoms. In mice, it has shown strong immunostimulant activity and cytotoxic action against cancer cells. In other words, the bone set strengthens the immune system to help it find and get rid of cancer, and the bone set directly kills cancer cells. It's cytotoxic. It actually kills cancer cells. Despite bone set's long use and potent reputation, little research has been done. In clinical practice, 
I find it one of the most potent herbs for enhancing immune function, especially in periodic diseases like Bartonellosis. It reliably counters bacterial and viral immune suppression in a variety of diseases. So we have come full circle here. You started the show with telling us that Boneset protects us against things that go bump in the night, scary things, demons and devils. And I said, my goodness, maybe those demons and devils could be tick-borne diseases. And here we are at the very end of our discussion of Boneset, ending with Stephen Booner's words, it reliably counters bacterial or viral immune suppression in diseases that present as periodics. And that's exactly what Lyme disease, the babiosis, and so on, the tick-borne diseases do. They are periodic diseases. People sometimes say, oh, I've had Lyme many times. But what many herbalists think is that either the Lyme becomes periodic or you actually got rid of the Lyme and now a co-infection, which is a periodic co-infection, has suddenly made itself known. I've been going through something along these lines, even thinking that I might in fact, have gotten Lyme disease two and a half years ago, and I got a really severe tick bite. But I was working with a friend of mine today who's very, very psychic, and she said, no, you know, you're very strong in terms of Lyme's. It's a co-infection. I think it's babiosis, and it's, again, one of those periodic co-infections. And isn't it wonderful that what the universe already has had me do is to have me plan to talk about set tonight? And then to read Stephen Herod Booner's words. And so I'm going to make up a tincture bottle of Bonset and start taking it. And we'll see if I feel a whole lot better next week. Absolutely. Absolutely. I picked this Bonset less than a mile from where I live, just down the road. That September, there was a huge stand of it, and I said to myself, okay, must be a really bad flu season coming on. I'm going to make a whole quart of boneset tincture. At that point, I didn't really know if I would ever use that much boneset tincture because, as we've established, it doesn't taste good. And yet, this fall, I'll probably make another quart. It's nice to know that herbal medicine is right outside my door. And that when I learn about the plants that grow about around me and make my tinctures, that then when I need them, the universe shows me exactly what to use and how to use it. And I think that's the beauty of the whole thing is, just as you say, the medicine that grows right outside your back door. And that's one of the things I love about your approach is that you oftentimes, I know we're running out of time, Deal with plants that are, in fact, here in North America. I mean, you might occasionally deal with other ones, but you kind of like to go with ones that are local and learn from either the European traditions of similar ones or the or the Native Americans or whatever, and, and, you, and you combine the whole thing. And I love how it's often very accessible, often very affordable stuff. If you know where to find it, pick it or get it. You know. <laughs> exactly. So I hope we have whetted everybody's appetite for Boneset. You're not going to find it in July or even August. But depending on where you live, toward the end of August and certainly by the beginning of September, you will see 
Eupatorium perfoliatum boneset, and Eupatorium purpurea, Jopai weed or queen of the meadow, beautifully blooming alongside the road. Throw a bottle of vodka and an empty bottle. You can make a tincturian into your trunk so you'll be ready to cut the flowering tops of boneset with some leaves and stuff it in a jar. Pour vodka over it, put a lid on it. Six weeks later, when it's about time for people to start getting flus, your boneset tincture is ready. Thanks so much for giving me this time and this space to explore herbal medicine as people's medicine. I'm having a lot of fun with Herbal Book Antibiotics by Stephen Herod Booner. And let's see, what shall we do next week? How about juniper? Okay. All right. Juniper berries are made, you, you mentioned vodka earlier, juniper berries are made to make gin, right? And that's, gin, they their... flavor gin, exactly. And um, that is juniper has a lot of magical uses. Oh yeah, and I believe juniper berries are something we do sell in in the store as well. Yes, they're actually quite good if you make your own sauerkraut to throw a little juniper berry in there. And that was going to be my other point of advice that I often tell people: fermented things like sauerkraut, kombucha, and other things. Um, are so helpful just on a daily basis, and I love the fermented foods and taking that natural approach. But I don't want to extend your time too long. I know you're you have your big media day on Tuesdays, <laughs> and I thank you so much. And uh, very informative talking about an herb tonight. I thought it was fantastic because it's an herb not that doesn't get talked about that much really in in the herbal medicine world, at least not in the modern uh, uh, sensibility. So, so can I can I count on you to come with some uh, magical lore about juniper next week? Absolutely. Wonderful. I'll talk to you then. All right. Thank you so Green much, Susan. Magic. Green Good night. All right. You've been listening to Green Magic, Green Medicine with your hostess, Ms. Susan Weed. I'm Daniel Michael, founder of the Main Street Universe Radio Network, and thank you again for listening. This is somewhere around a half-hour herbal medicine class every week. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, the kind that grows right out your back door. And remember, on this link is Susan's books. Just click down a little bit if you if, if those familiar with our show page. If not, Google it up and you'll find the whole thing. She's been doing this for, for a while, meaning not just the show, but meaning herbal medicine. So anyway, thank you everyone and have a great evening. Forbidden Archaeology Forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network.
Then are we in the dark of the night as we slip into dreams that are calling? Blessed are we. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.